You're listening to Living in His Love on The Answer Broadcasting with Reverend Trudy Daly. Now, let's prepare to hear this week's message. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to guide and direct this program. May all that is said and done be truthful and loving and reflect your word and your ways. Open the ears and hearts of those listening that they might be blessed by what is said. Help each listener to know and understand how much you love them and that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to save them and that you want to help them in every situation in their lives. Amen. Point number two is we need to throw those things off. Let us throw off everything that hinders us, that, uh, that entangles us. You know, when I was kind of thinking about this, it's like, Lord, set me free. And then I look at this passage and it says, let us. It's like, so who's doing it? Is it God doing it or is it us doing it? Is it God telling us to, to, to take off these things? And, and run a good race? Or is it God doing it? I believe it's us. Because if God wanted to do it, he would have. But he gave a free will and a choice to each and every one of us. And he says, you decide. You decide. And the problem with majority of Christians, they love sin. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. They love sin, but they hate the consequence of it. And they're entangled, and they can't run. Now, for example, if I was to run the 15K Boilermaker race today, marathon, if I was to, and I put 20 cinder blocks on my back, would I be able to do it? Probably not. Why? Because I have these hindrances, I have these burdens, and I'm entangled by this weight. I will never be able to run that race and win. Why? Because I'm bound. I got these burdens. I got these heavy chains and bags and everything that I'm carrying, and I want to get to the finish line. It ain't happening. And if we are called to be soldiers in the kingdom of God, the Bible says, don't entangle yourself. Let some things go. You know what? Today, we need to let go of some bad relationships. We need to let go of some toxic people in our life. We need to let go of some bad habits that we have. We need to let go of some things that we think about, that we watch. We need to let them go. Why? Because they're tying us down and they're like those cinder blocks on our back running the boiler maker. And we can't even run one mile and we pass out and die. Seriously. And many people, and the thing is that God has given you a portion of strength. Listen to me. God has given you a portion of your strength. For, let's say, my age, he gave me my body. He gave me a portion of strength. But if I overburden my body, if I overuse this body, I will get wore out. And God says, well, I gave you a portion of strength. 
My mercy's there, but you're abusing it. And no abuse can be blessed, by the way. No abuse can be blessed. Water's a good thing, but drink too much of it, you'll die from it. You cannot abuse anything. So even my body, if I abuse it, and I lay all these things on me and entangle myself with sin, with hindrances, I will not be able to warfare, and I will not be able to run a race. And I will not be able to be victorious. And if we look around at majority of the Christians around us, respectfully speaking, I'm speaking from a heart of love, not condemning anybody. I want you to understand that. My intention is that we all grow up into a full, mature stature of Christ where we can fight a good warfare, where we can kick the devil's butt out of Mohawk Valley, out of our New York State, out of USA, that we could do some exploits for the kingdom of God. That's what I'm here for. I want to encourage all of us to keep running the race, to keep fighting a good fight. But we can't be entangled. We cannot be carrying burdens and running a race. It's not happening. So God is speaking to us. Those people of old has shown us an example. They had to leave some things. Do you know when God showed up to Abraham and told him, Abraham, look at the sky and count the stars. Go out to the sea and count the grains of sand. Do you know when he did that? I'll tell you. When Lot left him. He couldn't tell him that until Lot left. He couldn't be a man of faith if he was still in the Ur of the Chaldeans. He had to let some things go. He needed to break some entanglements he needed to let some hindrances go because if we stay in the places where it's toxic, it's where we stay, where, where we are not building our faith, we're not growing, we're stagnant, you're not going to change if you're still going back to the prodigal's pig pen. It ain't happening. It's not happening. And you know what? And the sad reality, and this is what gives me fuel for my fire, I've said this before, it's not that I have compassion for people. I have a hatred towards the enemy and the devil. Because what is rightfully the children's bread, what is rightfully supposed to be ours, the enemy stole and we're walking around wishing, hoping to have the promises of God when in reality they should be, but we don't have them. And I hate the enemy for it. We should be walking in healing and health. We should be walking in prosperity and abundance. We should be victorious as children of God. That is our portion. But the enemy has stolen what was ours. And that's why we are called to take it back. We are called to fight and take territory. Yes, I understand that Adam gave it away. I understand that. Do you know what? I can't do nothing about that. That's God's problem. But what I can do is what God told me to do. Is go kick some devil butt and take territory for the kingdom. Save the lost. Heal the sick. Cast out 
demons, you know what, and preach the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what I could do. Bring some light to darkness. But I will never be able to do that if I'm entangled and I'm in sin. Now imagine counseling somebody. And you're living in fornication, adultery, you're watching pornography, and you have somebody coming and, and, and asking for, you, for your help. Come on. You think you're going to be a blessing for somebody? It ain't happening. When you're tied up, you can't help somebody who's tied up too. You have to be free. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Because He came to preach deliverance to the captives. That's what He came to do. And that was, that's what He says. I, and God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went out doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Why? Because God was with Him. Is God with us today? then there should be evidence in our life. And if there's no evidence, can we examine ourselves today? Maybe there's some hindrances that are holding us back, that are entangled, that we are entangled by, and we cannot run this race. We want to, but we can't because of all these burdens, because all of the heaviness that is on our shoulders. My dear friends, I believe that's the biggest problem with the church. It's not that we don't believe. We believe. I mean, we go to church for 10, 20, 30 years, and we hear the message. We hear many, many sermons. We hear amazing preaching. Why don't we change? It's because we're entangled. We're entangled. We're bond. But when there's freedom, oh God, He just moves. When you're free and God just breathes on you, you just light up. In this dark, dark world. I don't know why I'm stuck on that, but I believe that somebody needs to hear that. And you know, the Bible says in this passage that we need to run with perseverance. We can't quit when we run a, w a week and nothing changes. You know, if I want to lose weight, not that I'm offending any, uh, trying to offend anybody, but if I want to, you know, build muscle, go to the gym, do something with my body, it doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. It's a process. And you know what? If I start the process and give up halfway, I'll never reach to the mark. Never will get there. So perseverance is, you know what? I'm at war. I am a soldier of Jesus Christ. I'm going to loose myself from all these hindrances, burdens, enslavements, the chains, the shackles that the enemy has lied to me and put me in. I'm going to get free. I'm going to walk in freedom, and I'm going to run this race, and I'm not going to give up. Because... We're surrounded with such a cloud of witnesses. You know, Abraham had to, had to wait for 25 years for his promise. 25 years for his promise. 
And then after God gave him the promises, he says, you know, God has a sense of humor. He's like, hey, Abraham, bring me your firstborn son that I gave you as a promise. Give it up. Would you sacrifice it? And the Bible says he got up early. He says, Lord, for you, anything. For you, I'll give up anything. The best that I have, that's fine. I'm your soldier. I'm at war. I'm continuing to fight. I believe you. And the Bible says that he even believed God that he would raise him from the dead. He believed God. Do we believe God today? That God will take care of you. If God have, has enlisted you into his army, do you know that the United States takes you know, uh, your life seriously? It's responsible. When you enlist, it's responsible for your provision. If it sends you anywhere, it's responsible to provide for you. And if a country can do this, but the King of kings and Lord of lords, you think he can provide for you? You think he could take care of you? You think he could meet your needs? Oh, come on. Of course he can. So run a race with perseverance. Do not give up. But I've been praying for about a week and nothing happened. Pray for two weeks. Pray for three weeks. Recently, I, I got a revelation about six months ago about faith. I'm going to divert a little bit from because it has to do with perseverance. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says that we're, we're supposed to pray all the time. He says, he told them a parable that men ought always to pray and never cease. And it talks about a parable about the, the lady coming and annoying the king. And he did not want to really uh, help her. But because of her annoyance and her persistence, he answered. And then, I think it's verse 8 or verse 9 of Luke 18. It says, when God will come, will he find faith in the earth? And I was like, hold on, blown away. My God, what do you mean by that? If we, do, do we really believe God? If we believe God, we're going to continue praying. That, that the answer will come. We're going to be persistent. It's going to come. And if we give up, we fainted. It ain't happening because we didn't believe God. And when he comes up to this, uh, shows up to the scene, is he going to find faith in me? Am I going to continue believing for that promise even though it didn't happen for 20 years? Am I going to continue believing God? See, that's the thing. Do we trust God with all of our lives? If we are his soldiers and we enlisted into the kingdom, he promises to take care of you. So if he thinks that you need a deployment 20 years from now, continue serving where you are. Continue doing what God has called you to do at your level. He'll take you higher. He's faithful to provide for you. Continue. Now how do we fight a good fight of faith? How do we become those overcomers? How do we um, be those awesome soldiers who could go fight this good fight of faith? This passage tells us, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning of our faith, and he's the end of our faith. But fixing your eyes on Jesus. If I'm driving down the road on my vehicle, and I'm looking to the left while driving, what's going to happen? 
I'm putting myself in a bad situation. Would you agree? Many of us are just like that. They're, we're in the vehicle of our life. And we're supposed to be focusing on our goal, our race, our target, our, our Jesus. That's where our focus should be. Why? Because if we put our trust in men, we'll get discouraged. If we are put our trust in the preacher, we'll get discouraged. You know what? We're all human. But if we focus our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, he will give us the strength. Look at him as an example and the ultimate example. We will be able to get to the finish line. Amen? Focus is very important because what we focus on, we give life. Listen to me. What we focus on, we give life. If I focus on my limitation, my limitation will get life. If I focus on my inability to do something, I will still have that problem and it's going to continue to bother me. What we give focus will live. What we starve of attention will die. Everything you starve will die. Even you. So what you focus on today is your main priority. And the Bible here is encouraging us that the men of old... The people who were surrounded by this amazing cloud of witnesses who walked by faith, they focused on Jesus. They focused on the ultimate uh, crown of glory. The, the end of, of that race, Jesus. When we focus on Him, everything else falls away as secondary. So today, when we analyze our life, how important is Jesus in our life? And all of you will say, he's the most important thing. And I'm going to ask you a second question. Well, how's your 24 hours spent? If he's the most important thing in your life, and he's what we're giving our focus to, let's analyze just 24 hours in one day. How many, time, how many minutes does Jesus get? Yes, I understand that we're supposed to walk with him and talk with him and, and all that. I, I understand those things. But in reality, if, if you want to build a relationship with anybody, it needs quality time. You need quality time. If we focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, then we'll be able to overcome. We'll be able to fight a good fight of faith because he's our trailblazer. He's our forerunner. He's the alpha. He's the beginning. And we can, we can follow him and know that we will finish the race. See, Jesus himself, he became word in the flesh. See, the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Jesus is that Word. 
He is the word for us. We're supposed to focus on him and him alone. So why do we always emphasize looking into scripture? Because he even told the Pharisees, read the Old Testament. It actually talks about me. You'll find me everywhere in there. Because I am the living word of God. And that's why we can stand on the word. We can look unto Jesus through the prism of his word and know that we will win this race. And know that we will not stumble. And know that if we put our confidence in the word of God, what the word of God says about our situation, we will be victorious. Amen? Amen. And number four, consider him. Consider him for the joy that was set before him. See, when something is set before us, there's always an action that we need to do to receive that. If I put a plate of food in front of you, you will not be able to taste how good that food is until you actually do something about it. And for the joy that was set before Jesus, the joy, right? He left everything. He suffered a cross. He suffered shame. He was spit at. He was whipped. He was mocked, brutally beaten for you and for me. Consider him. Why should we consider? Because when we're in this fight, when we're in this warfare, so we won't be weary. So we won't give up. Why? Because there's so many people before us that went this race. And Jesus himself did this for us. So when we consider what Jesus has done, when we consider the men and women of faith before us, all the trials and tribulations and all the attacks of the enemy that they endured and overcame, that should be fuel to our fire because if they could do it, we could do it. If God helped them then, He can help us now. If, God, if they overcome then, we will overcome this now because our God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever the same. He does not change. Hallelujah. Consider Him. In Philippians chapter 2, it talks about how, how Jesus left the glory, left all that, became a man, lower than a man, died on the cross for you and for me. Because he wanted to obtain us for the kingdom. No greater love has a man laid down his life. Laid down his life. So my dear friends, tonight I want to make this call for each and every one of us. We have been called into the kingdom of light. We have been called into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And we are called to fight a good fight of faith. First and foremost, I want to thank God for the call. And if you're in this place and you have not received this call to enter into God's kingdom, to give up your life for His, because He gave up His life 
for yours. So many times I, I'm just blown away by how amazing God is. Have any of you in this place ever sinned? Can you raise your hand? Okay, I was just wondering if we had any liars. Okay. <laughs> we all have sinned, right? All of us went through this experience of feeling this heaviness and guilt on our lives because of a wrong action or wrong deed. You guys with me? You guys felt the burden, right? When we did something wrong and we know we shouldn't have, we sinned, and, and, and there was this, this heaviness of the sin. It's unpleasant, right? It's, it's heavy, right? Now picture Jesus Christ taking each and every one of our weights. It's heavy when we do something wrong. It's burdensome. Jesus took it, all of ours. Mines and all of yours and everyone in this world and put it on himself. The weight that was on Jesus, he says, you know what? I'm willing to carry your burdens and run the 15K Boilermaker with these cinder blocks of your sin to win that race so you can have life. That blows me away and I want to consider him. I really want to consider him because he did that for a wretched sinner like me. He did that so I can have a life. So then I can tell someone else, you know what? Jesus can set you free. Because Jesus died on the cross to give you life. And to give you life more abundantly. To give you life more abundantly. If the musicians can come up, please. Today... I just want to make this call for us to reevaluate our life, to remove the excess, to remove the excess, the things that are hindering us, the things that are keeping us in chains, the things that are not letting us run this rice and this fight of faith. And you know what? I don't care who you are in this place. All of us have them. All of us have them. All of us are still going through something. All of us are still in the process of getting set free from this, that, or something else. All of us. And I want to encourage all of us to just take a few minutes to take a few seconds and consider our life. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, speak to me right now what I need to lay down at this altar tonight. I would like all of us to stand to our feet. And I'm going to invite the musicians to play a song, a chorus, whatever, if they want to sing for 30 seconds, a minute, whatever. And then whoever's in this place, and you need to make it right with Jesus. You never gave your life to Jesus. You want to commit your life to Him. Come up here. 
if some of you have committed your life before but you want to rededicate your life and say God I want to be that soldier soldier that you have called me to be I want to fight this good fight of faith I want to break these shackles and chains off my life if that's you in this place I want you to come up this altar kneel down at this altar you don't have to confess to me you're coming before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and as we're gonna worship as we're gonna sing as we're gonna praise God I believe God's gonna take these hindrances off I believe God's gonna give us the ability to lay them down to loose ourselves from them come down at the altar loose God is gonna loose you from these shackles come down to the altar we're gonna sing and worship right now Dear listeners, thank you for sharing this time together with us. We ask God to bless you, heal you, and to provide, protect, and prosper you. May God allow you to experience more and more of his love for you. We pray that this week's message has touched you in a powerful way. To connect with us online, visit us at theanswerbroadcasting.com.